The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. This is Coach Ball from PickleballCoach.com. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Coach Mo, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. My name is Chris Allen, joining you today from Asheville, North Carolina. Let's see whose paddles are in the fence today. Joining me from Grass Valley, California, it is the one and only Prame Carnot. Prame, how are you today? Very well. Thanks for having me on your show, Chris. Oh, well, thank you for joining us and uh, going now from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, a couple of hours north of Toronto, Canada, Collingwood, Ontario, to be specific. It is owner of Third Shot Sports, Mark Renison. Mark, how are you? Hey, Chris. I'm great. Thanks. This is so nice. I've got two of North America's top coaches together for the first time ever. Yeah. Hi, Chris. Hi, uh, Prem. It's nice to meet you over the phone. Hi, Mike. It's a pleasure to get to know you. Prem, you wrote a great blog post on pickleball etiquette that I think uh, really distills down the nature of the game on the court, uh, not just for beginners, but also for advanced players as well. And I, I know that that's been a very popular post from yours, and we will link to that in the show notes for this episode. What kind of reaction have you gotten from your etiquette post? I would have to say uh, absolutely a very, very positive uh, appreciation from both the communities of players, from what I would call the lower-end players or the beginners or the novices, and the higher-ender players, because... They really get a good understanding on uh, grip on like it actually spoke to them about the experience of what they feel when they are at the courts. Sometimes, you know, lower end players feel very torn about the fact that they really want to improve their game. And they, they are pretty much convinced that playing with good players will get them there. And which is definitely true that mm-hmm. playing with good players will take them there. And it's also the same dilemma with the good players is like they want to improve and get better, but playing with players who are not as good as them, how to navigate, like they prefer to play with players who are stronger than them or at least equally as skilled as them. And so they are in a dilemma of not wanting to play with players who are not as good as them. So it talks to both of them and, and really talk to uh, the qualities of what makes a good player and where they are and remember where they are before, uh, they became a good player and uh, vice versa for a player who's not so good. And if they want to uh, actually play with good players, then there are certain etiquettes, which I often suggest. And I suggest that on my blog and uh, it's been very popular. Yeah, uh, I it, it really did. Uh, it, it crystallized so many things that you feel uh, on both sides. You you remember when you were just starting out and you think, oh, I wish that I had had this to read then. And uh, But then as, you, as you've as you advanced and you get a little better, then you, you think, oh, I'm glad I'm reading this now because I might be guilty of this. 
uh, one or two things here. What, one of the things, and the thing that really struck me right off the bat, if you ask a stronger player to join a game with you, and then you put it in all caps here, hit to them. Absolutely. <laughs> That's something when I was starting out, I could not believe when I would be on a team and and uh, we, it was like, oh, finally, I'm going to play against this person. And then my teammate would come over to me and right before we're going to play. He whispers, no matter what you do, don't hit the gym. And it's like, <laughs> no, I've been waiting. I, I've been waiting all day to play against Jim, you know, and now my partner's telling me no matter what I do, don't hit to him. And I thought that's just exactly the wrong advice. We're not playing in the nationals here. We're not, you know, there's no medals yeah. on the line here, uh, which I know, you know, that would be the strategy if it was, if it would counted for something. But right now, you know, I'm just trying to get better. Yeah. That's something, Mark, do you see that a lot in, in players? Do if, if a stronger player is on the court, do they, do they try to avoid them at all costs? I'm not sure about all costs, but they definitely, it's pretty clear when they're trying to avoid uh, a stronger player. Now, the, the other side of that coin is that one of the things that makes a stronger player stronger is that they seem to find ways to get the ball, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and whether that's sort of intercepting a ball floating over the middle or taking those balls that are returned down the center. So I, I, don't, I don't worry too much about the better players in those situations, but... Uh, but I think Prem's point is good. Is like if you're if you're inviting someone to come and join you, you know it's kind of like inviting someone to a dinner party and ignoring them all night, <laughs> yeah. um, right? Like yeah. like if you want them to continue to play with you. You've got to do something to at least make it interesting for them. Well, and that was always my reasoning, too. It's like, well, okay, let's say we played every game like that, uh, where, you know, we played the don't hit to Jim strategy. What's Jim going to do eventually? At the end of the day, he's not even going to have broken a sweat, and he's going to think, well, that wasn't a very good workout. I'm going to go find some other place to play. And then you're left, you know, with just a bunch of mediocre players. Is that what you want to be? You want to be the best of the worst players here? It's like no, I want to hit to him because I want I want to learn from him. I want him to expose my weaknesses, and I also want to make sure that you know he's having a good time and that you know he brings his friends you know who are just as good and uh, and that this is a good competitive place to play. Yeah, it is an issue, and you know especially in situations like where we are, um, our local YMCA has two courts, right? And when we get there, you know in theory it's supposed to break down to the newer players play on one side and the more experienced on the other side, but that doesn't always match up with skill level, right? Mm -hmm. we, we all know those people who've been playing for quite a while and have just sort of plateaued, you know, and we might call them a high novice, um, but they've been playing for 10 years. And then there are those other people who, you know, are brand new on the scene and maybe they've, they've come over from another sport, they're quite athletic, they're quite agile, and even though they're not, they're a new player, they're quite skilled. And so, I think that uh, Prem's word for this of navigating, navigating how to sort of deal with players at different levels, players at different experiences, you know, people's feelings come into, into play here. Um, it is pretty treacherous water. Absolutely. And uh, I remember when I was actually inspired to write this article a few years ago, it came out actually from a couple who had actually been snowboarding from Canada and uh, they were... Um, very enthused and they really wanted to play against good players and they would put them themselves, themselves on the sign-up sheet and then uh, would be so frustrated that uh, the good players would not want to play with them because and that is when I often explained and uh, as I explained on the blog is like if you see four good 5-0 players or any good skill level players playing together against each other 
it would be a, not the ideal time to go and compete against them at that point and let them have their little fun um, when they are having it because it it really brings down a game a notch down if uh, a weaker player gets into that mix. And it would be, uh, as a courtesy, you can always, you know, ch check in with them and be respectful of the fact that they uh, good players are playing and let them play. And then you can check in with them probably at the beginning of their uh, warm-up and say, would they be willing to play with them? Or probably tell them, like, before you go, I would like to play a game with you guys. And, and maybe they would be willing to do that. Mm -hmm. But rather than when they are in the, really in the heat of the battle and to try and uh, sneak in a game because you just want to play against them would not be a very helpful situation for a, for a weaker player. But on the other side, I also say that uh, to the bigger players uh, that don't forget where you started. When you came into this game, there was someone who took you under the wing and who helped to help get you to know the game a little bit more and the rules and, and help you out there. So we also... Uh, be nice when you when when someone's asking you go and play. You know, maybe you want to go and play in the early part of the day when you're warming up. Go and play with the players, so-called weaker players, and get get yourself. And you can work on certain number of things without having to uh, you know play all out against weaker players. Just you know be gracious about it. Go in and play, and uh, you know it's like pay it forward. Be helpful to your uh, local players because then it more better players you're able to create, better competition you have overall, and you're raising the level of play overall in the group of community of players where you are. So um, it's an it's a ideal balance to navigate, and, uh, and uh, it's always not easy, but it's uh, giving the balance of understanding between uh, the, the two groups of players generally we encounter in a group. I think those are really good points, and I think if I was to give tips you know, to people out there who they feel like they're on the cusp or they feel like you know they, they want to try to jump up to that next court and play with those people. There's people who stand out as being really keen, right? Like, like if you imagine you take two, let's say, high novice players mm -hmm. and there's the one high novice player who every time her match is done, she just sits on the chair and she chats with her friend or she's on her phone and she waits her turn and then, you know, then, then gets up to play again. And there's the other high novice player who, when she's done her match, uh, she gets off and she sits there and she watches. Mm -hmm. and, and she studies the other players playing and she asks questions to the people beside her. And, you know, she shows up early and she's hitting against the wall by herself or she's staying later or she, as a more advanced player, um, that's the kind of person that I would be far more likely to invite in to join a game, even if, yes, it, it drops down the level a little bit because that person has sort of shown that they're willing to do the work, that they're enthusiastic, that they're, they're keen, rather than the other one who, you know, just wants to play a better game because, well, that's what we all want. That would be my advice to, to players who want to scratch that next level up is, is show your enthusiasm. And showing your enthusiasm isn't always trying to jump into a game, but it's, it's being present, it's asking questions, it's being enthusiastic, and I think people will notice that. That's a great point, Mark. That really is. And that's something yes. that uh, I was talking a few weeks ago. We did an episode with um, uh, Denise Donald up in New Jersey and uh, Mickey Collins over in Kansas City, both ambassadors. And mm -hmm. uh, we were just talking about people that uh, that tend to just show up week after week after week and can be the nicest people in the world. But they just seem to to demonstrate zero desire to want to get any better. And it's not to sound like a pickleball snob or anything, but uh, 
but to me, I feel like, well, I don't, I don't really want to spend a lot of time with them or, or, or helping them or show them things. I mean, well, number one, they don't really ask for any help or advice. And, and number two, it just feels like it's just, there's no point to it because they have no curiosity as to why they're losing all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> to put it bluntly. Can, um, yeah. But I, Clear on that one, and uh, that's one of the biggest thumb rule I have in my, in my my coaching career till date is I only teach people who are willing to learn. I'm not teaching people who don't want to. There's no way someone will say, "Oh, the pickleball guru is on the court. Uh, let's uh, go and learn something from him." People who are willing to ask questions, I'm ha- willingly, happily giving them information. It goes back to what you said: that I'm not trying to teach people who don't want to learn. I'm th- only teaching people who are willing to learn. And so, and I, I respect people who don't want to, and I respect the fact that they just want to have fun playing what they want to do, and they're not willing to do more than that. That's okay, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, I'm only a teacher to the people who are wanting to listen. Yeah, well said. We're talking with Prem Carno from smartpickleball.com and thepickleballguru.com and Mark Renison from thirdshotsports.com. So what are your thoughts about what we discussed today? We'd love to hear from you. Email us anytime. Mail at pickleballshow.com. That's mail at pickleballshow.com. That's where you can find us on the internet too, pickleballshow.com. We're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash pickleballshow, uh, twitter.com slash, wait for it, pickleballshow. <laughs> we make it easy for you. And we'd love to hear from you anytime on any of those places. Also, head over to iTunes if you get a chance. Hit the subscribe button, which means you'll never miss an episode. Plus, if you feel it's appropriate, leave us a five-star review, which helps boost us up in the rankings, makes it a lot easier for other pickleball players to find this show. I'm Chris Allen. This is The Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.